Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, I am thrilled to say that we are finally having someone from the YouTube community on Handling It. Today's guest is Michelle Carre, and some of you may know Michelle from her time hosting the HBO Max competition show Karma, or from her YouTube series Challenge Accepted. Through Challenge Accepted, Michelle dives into various fields and roles, trains with professionals, and proves that anything is possible if you put in the hard work. She's trained with NASA astronauts, lifeguards, police, and even competed in a Miss USA pageant. With over 2 million subscribers on YouTube, Michelle is creating innovative and entertaining content, and we'll be talking all about how she's still creating during the pandemic. I'm really happy for you to hear from Michelle and learn about her work. So you know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. All right, so Michelle Carre, you're a YouTuber, actress, a former professional cyclist, which I think is incredible. You're also um, the creator and host of the YouTube show Challenge Accepted. It's not only absolutely amazing, but I think it's been such a success as well. I can't wait to chat about it. And then you're also the host of HBO Max's Karma, which we'll get into chatting about that too. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's so wonderful to meet you, Catherine. And hello to everyone in the Handling It family. So great to meet you all over your (laughs) airwaves. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. So how have you been with the pandemic and everything? I know everybody's lives have been impacted in one way or another. How have you been doing? Oh, girl, I mean, you know, you know how it is. It's like, I'm fine, but like everything's in flames, you know, behind you or whatever. Right. Um, I'm obviously, I I have felt very fortunate during this entire thing to, um, at this point in time, have power <laughs> and internet um, in a time when it seems like multiple states, including my home state, Louisiana, are not, um, which is unrelated to the pandemic, but you know what I'm saying? Right. these southern winter storms um yeah I, I I feel like we've been really fortunate because um YouTube is creating content largely from home and in, in an insular group of people mm-hmm. so um it's definitely had its ups and downs like we've all experienced but I definitely recognize the immense privilege that we've had this entire time as well Totally. And it's, it's been a learning experience in a lot of ways. Oh, completely. Like, I, I feel like I've learned so much about myself. Um, I've learned, like, things I need in my life and things I don't <laughs> throughout this whole thing. It's been a big learning lesson for sure. But, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk about your work because we've actually never had anyone on the podcast before who was from sort of the YouTube content creation realm. Oh, I'm an alien. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. Like, I've, I've, we've had people from the film industry on before, but I feel like YouTube and uh, I guess the multimedia-ness of it is very interesting. So how did you get involved with it? Um, You were a graduate from Dartmouth, correct? I am, yeah. Nice. So how did you get involved with YouTube, making videos, creating content in that way? 
Well, um, my first job after college, well, during college, I actually had the incredible fortune to get to intern at Google, which uh, owns YouTube or, you know, whatever. (laughs) So now I I worked for YouTube and now I'm on the other side. Um, So that was really cool to get to see kind of like the tech side of things. But I knew I really wanted to do stuff in front of camera and content creation So my first job after college was actually at BuzzFeed, which at the time was sort of like this really cool, almost like Disney channel where you could go and be a YouTuber, but have a full-time job and benefits and health Mm -hmm. insurance, Um, which when most people think of YouTube, they think of quitting your job to take a huge risk as an entrepreneur or... um, you know, like you go viral when you're 15 years old randomly, and then you capitalize on that situation. And none of that was happening for me. I I knew it wouldn't. I knew the odds were so stacked against me. And so I thought, why not take what appears to be a more route path um, to the thing I want to do? So I ended up working there for a while while I was also um, cycling around the country and the globe, which was really cool on a pro team. I was like waking up super early and training and then going to work for like eight to 12 hours and then coming home or even training after work. I would work late and then um, work out at night, sometimes at the office. Jeez. No <laughs> um, so I was just sort of like making it happen and it sort of got to this point where I was like, not really achieving the goals I wanted to in cycling. And then also like just naturally inhibited in some ways in my professional life because I was tired all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Um, I I just wasn't sleeping. I was, I I was, I still feel like I did a pretty, I I must've done an okay job at at my job because I remained there um, (laughs) and my videos were performing well. But I just felt like I was sort of not achieving my full potential in either. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I realized I feel like I need to achieve some balance here. And so I stopped cycling um, um, for that professional team and decided to use my own like physical background to apply it to these different types of extreme physical challenges. And so when I left BuzzFeed and started my own channel, uh, I created the show Challenge Accepted, which, you know, uh, what we we sort of try to do is create videos that are almost unbelievable, but then deliver every time Mm -hmm. um, when you click on them. So the concept of I tried Fire Academy and went in a burning building almost sounds like clickbait. But it's real. Uh, we actually did that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we tried to find really unique and um, exciting communities, lifestyles, and professions, and minority, you know, um, professions, lifestyles, and communities. I should say to feature and bring light to and honor in a lot of different ways. And I sort of started doing it because I, I, you know, wanted to utilize this physical background I had, but then it's, it's expanded into mental challenges. It's expanded into emotional challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now I'm actually training for a chess tournament. So I'm literally sitting at my computer for like several hours a day, just doing chess and reading ch- about chess and doing puzzles and working with a coach. 
Um, so it sort of spans everything now, which I, I love. And it, it's not something I would have ever sort of like planned for mm-hmm. myself. Um, but I love it because what I always wanted um, was to be able to blend physical preparation and training with storytelling, which mm-hmm. sounds really strange. But for a period of time, I was really into doing like stunts um, and doing stunt training for film and TV Um, and even in the acting classes I take now, I always start with where does the character live and how do they walk? Um, and so for me, I feel like everything is sort of connected to the body, at least in the way Mm -hmm. I experience life. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a really amazing couple of years and we're really, really, really grateful to have this. Well, that's amazing. And I think back to what you were saying about when you were in that rut where you were struggling with, I guess, your passion and finding what you wanted to do. I think as individuals, that's so easy to fall into that path where you're working, you're doing, you know, extracurricular activities, you have hobbies, you you do things in your free time and you're working yourself to the bone and you think it's all for a good reason but then you sort of lose that that fire and that drive within yourself. And I think it's really important to learn to separate everything and look at it from an outside perspective and sort of narrow in what it is you love and what it is you're really passionate about and hopefully incorporate that into a career. Yeah, I think that it, it starts even in like high school. Because mm-hmm. like in high school, so many people do like 10 different extracurriculars or on like debate team, but also little lacrosse captain or whatever. And, you know, doing STEM stuff or science fair um, and like being in the school play. So I think that it's really celebrated in high school and college, but then for some reason, and even in between high school and college, there's an, a level of time to focus up. You got to like hit the real world and pick Mm -hmm. one thing. It's always like pick one thing. And what I realized in my experience and obviously, you know, sort of got lucky too, was it wasn't about do I choose being a professional cyclist or do I choose the job that I love doing? It's how can I bring both of them together, which I know is like a a big creative challenge and is not always um, afforded to, to everyone in their career or um, like career evolution. But I feel like that is more what, I would recommend aiming for because once I sort of figured that out, I found the true heart of what I really wanted. Cause I realized I didn't, what I didn't really want to be like traveling around the world and like racing in all these really dangerous and crazy races mm-hmm. and um, you know, being in bed every weekend after <laughs> doing a six hour ride, I didn't need to do that. Um, but what I loved was being active and challenging my body. Mm-hmm. And sort of letting go of like what I thought success should look like and realizing, okay, I have to define it for myself, which again, I know like every self-help book says that, but like, unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like it's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really hard to know. Well, and that's why I started handling it because sort of like what you were saying, it's interesting that is, I guess, young people in high school, in college, we're working to get to the next step 
in high school were joining debate team and were joining student council and doing all these things in order to get to college. And then in college, it's like, okay, pick what you want to do, pick your internships, and then you do that. And then finally, you get to the end of the road. And for me, that's sort of what happened for me. I graduated and I got the job I had hoped for. And I was you know, doing the things in my free time that I, that I wanted to do, but I was just so busy and I was, I I didn't have that fulfillment that you were talking about earlier. So I sort of, you know, stepped aside and said, what can I do in my spare time outside of work? What's something of my own that I can create? And that's how I got into podcasting. So it's, it's interesting. And I think it's for everyone. That's a big piece of advice is to just take a step away. If you, if you, only if you're going through this whole <laughs> period of like, what am I doing with my life? You know, if you're happy with it, you're happy with it. That's great. But I think if you are missing something, it's important to take that step back and reevaluate. Um, but yeah, so challenge accepted. I want to talk about it because like you had mentioned, you talked about your inspiration for it and all. Um, the episodes you've done have varied greatly. <laughs> um, a recent one you did was you tried the Lifeguard Academy. You did the Fire Academy, which you had mentioned, and you trained to become a runway model at five foot two, which as someone who is very tall, I find that so amazing and impressive. Um, how did it come about with choosing which professions you wanted to do? Were you looking for sort of that endurance aspect? Because some of them, like runway model, for example, that's quite different from lifeguarding, a physical uh, activity like that. Yeah. Well, I think in the beginning, it, it started with things I was just interested in. Like, you know, I think every girl at one point or guy, I mean, I think a lot of young people uh, have thought to myself, to themselves, I wish I could be on a magazine cover or a Victoria's Secret model or whatever it may be. Um, and so we sort of started with like dream jobs in a way or like dream lifestyles. And from there it expanded as the community grew into what people were requesting. So sometimes there are things that I'm not even necessarily sure about or super interested in that end up performing really well. And it really opens my eyes. I mean, the audience constantly challenges me mm -hmm. to try new things all the time and things I wouldn't expect to enjoy or love or even learn from. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's been kind of all over the place. Yeah, I really love it. And I think, you know, for anyone who doesn't know about it, definitely check it out because it's such an interesting concept. And it's something really different. And I'm just always, I YouTube, especially during the pandemic, has <laughs> consumed so much of my time. But it's also so great because there's so many different creators out there and everyone sort of has their niche and something they specialize in. And it's really interesting. And I just think the whole concept of challenge accepted and working with different positions, like again, something like lifeguarding, I wouldn't have, you know, thought twice about what goes into like the day to day. But then I saw that video and I'm like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And it just got me thinking right. more and more about professions that I didn't really know about um, or wasn't. It really well. has opened my eyes up yeah. to, and, and broken down a lot of stereotypes, mm -hmm. I think, for these different communities or jobs that people have. And right. I feel like every single time I finish a challenge, it doesn't matter what it is. And I'm not just saying this, I end it and I'm like, Holy cow, I have so much respect 
for everyone who does this professionally because that was really hard every single mm-hmm. time. Every yeah. single time. It doesn't matter what it is. Like chess, well, do not do that professionally. I I, <laughs> I know that now. <laughs> I watched the Queen's Gambit like a couple months ago and I like chess, it just blew my mind. I don't know if you've seen it. I highly recommend it. Yes. But like with that, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is like a window to a world that I didn't really know existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I think that's something that's really inspiring right now, given what we're going through as a country, I guess globally too, where so many businesses and so many different professions are being impacted by this whole pandemic. I think it's really important to sort of recognize how hard people are hustling with their jobs. Um, And I think in our normal fast-paced lives, it's something that I, to be quite honest, probably don't think too much about. You know, everybody's so worried about their own day-to-day and how they're doing in their own job and their lives that we don't really think about how hard other people work at their professions. So I think um, just the whole premise behind the show is, or series, is just really awesome in that way. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we were actually supposed to film, I trained like a paramedic. Like we were going to do this video where I was going to go on ambulance calls and learn how to resuscitate people and everything. Um, We were supposed to film that March last year. And it was like the same week, everything shut down. So that's one I definitely want to do. I mean, shout out to everyone who is on the front lines of COVID relief. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's another thing too. So with everything going on with COVID and creating content, and like I said, I don't know the statistics on this, but I feel like everybody's just home (laughs) Logically, like everybody's going to be on their phones, on their computers, streaming, whether it's through streaming services like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, all those guys, and then YouTube. Like, I feel like everybody's just on it. Everybody's consuming content. Do you feel a pressure in keeping up with, I guess, your channel, with creating content, getting innovative maybe during this whole pandemic? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like anytime before the pandemic, I think we all feel that it's like, because I feel that there is a sense of this could end for me at any time sort of thing that comes with, I guess, any business or entrepreneurial adventure, but, um, specifically in entertainment, I think there's a lot of pressure of like, I could be, I could have this type of high engagement one day and then no one cares about me the next day. Um, and throughout anyone's YouTube career, they sort of experience a little bit of that roller coaster at any time. When you have a video go viral, the next video doesn't, you're questioning, am I good at this? Even though last week's video went viral, you know, like we feel that in every, in in every sense of, I guess, any entrepreneurial profession. Um, and specifically during the pandemic, I think it's been heightened not necessarily because people are like, I need more content to consume. I mean, there's plenty of content out there. Um, and I'm not like the content God that people like come <laughs> to or anything. I'm not Mr. Beast. Um, but I, I think we all feel that sense of heightenedness because when we're all stuck at home and we we're not out in the world doing things, you sit with yourself and you spend more time on social media, but not in the good way, in the bad way. And you question like, Am I, am I doing things that are meaningful? Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I creating, you know, am I getting enough views? And and you sort of sit with that. Whereas I feel like outside of the pandemic, 
we are, you know, more engaged in so many other facets of life mm-hmm. that, you know, that exists, but to a smaller degree, cause you're not in your own echo chamber. Right. Well, and with that, um, I guess with YouTube, but also just in creating content in general, because even with websites, any type of media you're putting out there, I feel like it comes down to like how many hits and how many clicks can it get. With YouTube, though, is the is it easy to fall into? Because I don't, you know, I don't create the content that um, amazing people like you do. Is it easy to fall into sort of like a hole or this pit? where you are constantly worrying about subscribers, view counts, all of that, because I mean, it does, it is what helps obviously pay bills. It's the -hmm. job at the end of the day, but is it difficult to, I guess, separate the, the passion that you have from, I guess, how many hits something gets? Oh, absolutely. Um, the convergence of happiness And numbers is a really difficult one, Um, really, really difficult. And I think that the way that I attempt to combat that is it doesn't matter what video we're making. I want to be making it because I love it. And that way, at the end of the day, even if the views aren't there or it gets a lower view count or something than I anticipated, um, I at least love doing it. And it was a life-changing experience. I got, you know, I, um, we just did a video where I faced my fear of heights by going rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And, and I ended up attempting to scale an 85 foot cliff at the end. And I have no idea how that video will perform. I don't know if people search for rock climbing really, probably not as much as they search for fire Academy or any of those more mm-hmm. clickable titles that we have, but I know in my heart that that was a life-changing experience for me and, and meaningful to me. And that said, you kind of have to find that balance of, of bringing those two things together. Like you can't fully ignore the, the numbers. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that's the case, but the key is again, trying to find ways to present your passion or inject your passion into everything you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's really interesting because, well, oh my gosh, anymore, just 2021, social media, it's such a huge factor as well. And I feel like with, you know, YouTubers and content creators, I feel like that whole aspect of keeping your audience, like, engaged through the exciting, the exotic, like, all of that is, it's got to be difficult. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I mean, I feel that there are so many people looking up to us and expecting uh, an escape mm-hmm. from what's occurring in the world. And the truth is, I mean, as a YouTuber, if you're creating unscripted content, you're showing yourself, you're showing your experience too. And in many ways, um, you know, we're, we're all kind of experiencing a variety of different emotions, but I think one thing we've, we've tried to do at least is on the channel, create evergreen content so that it can be a bit of an escape as much as it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, because at, at the end of the day, like I, I need to, um, you know, persevere as we all do in the best way we can through these lifestyle changes that Mm -hmm. have 
been in force um, <laughs> for a very good reason. And I think something I had to do was realize, you know what, I can, I can sit here and I can be upset or I can recognize the immense amount of opportunity and privilege I have to figure out other ways to create content. Like, I don't think we would have done this chess video. I don't think we would have done the episode about me learning how to be a professional gamer. So it's also inspired a lot of creativity and mm -hmm. at the same time forced me to slow down and um, make more space for rest and recovery and mental health. Um, I feel like we've all like aged 10 years in the past 12 months. <laughs> like, why am I so much more tired doing something so simple? And it's because our brains are like <laughs> on overload kind of. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I hope that everyone listening can also like give your space, give yourself space for comfort and, and knowing if you're like, I don't feel as creative as I did once before makes sense. Cause all the energy you're using for your creativity is worrying about a billion other things just to live a normal life or as best as you can. Um, so those are all things I don't know. Like, yeah, it's interesting how we've all had to evolve in different mm -hmm. ways throughout this. Oh, totally. And I feel like a little R and R goes a long way. It's funny. Yes. I, you said like we've all aged ten years. I like one scene that like lately has been really sticking out to me is that scene from Fleabag with the hot priest where he says, "I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with the show, but he says I really enjoy going to bed at nine thirty, and I'm like, that's it's become me. Like that is my life. I'm just I'm so tired from doing nothing, and it's just. But it's good though because I know when all this is over life is just going to come at us full force and we're going to be thrown back into it. And hopefully we'll take with us like, oh, again, like what we talked about earlier, the lessons we've learned through this and we remember to slow down and take it easy. But yeah, it's <laughs> crazy how we've all been affected by it in so many different ways. But I, I feel like I've definitely aged 10 years with this whole pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But yeah, so another thing you've been working on, well, a recent project you did was the HBO Max series Karma, which yes. is sort of like, I guess, a survivor type show for kids. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. So I guess, how did you get involved in the project? I feel like it's something that with your background for like, again, physical sports and endurance, it fits you really well, but it's also something sort of outside of your comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I just auditioned for it. They had an audition and my agent was like, Hey, there's this show. Are you interested? And I was like, absolutely. Um, I didn't know too much about it, but I, I, you know, prepped super hard for the audition, watched a ton of reality shows to get ready for it. I'm also a big like adventure reality show fan myself. And it was executive produced by JD Roth who did Biggest Loser in the show called Endurance, which was on when I was a kid. Um, and Karma is sort of a unique reincarnation of that show. And being a fan of that show was really, really helpful as well. Um, but yeah, I, I auditioned for it. I went through all the different rounds. Um, and I, I even had to do this final interview that was just me and the executive producer one-on-one, -on -one, like pretty intense. It was like an hour and a half one-on-one -on -one meeting, um, and got through that and found out I booked it, 
which I was really excited about, but also nervous for because I think there's this trope of like when YouTubers cross into traditional entertainment, um, will they succeed or will they fail and just prove that YouTubers should be only YouTubers or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was really committed to making sure like I want to be here and I want to earn my place at the table, not because I'm a YouTuber, but because I'm a good host, because I can um, memorize several pages of gameplay commentary and explanation um, with one night of notice that I can have a really emotional and intense conversation with a bunch of hormonal teenagers and keep them in check and also make sure that the story beats are hit on. Or that, you know, like I can speak eloquently and with confidence for 12 hours a day in the heat and the rain, the shine, whatever it may be, um, and and really like guide the path of this show. So it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's it's HBO. I mean, these are the people that do Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. like they know what they're doing. And it was an, you know, J.D. Roth is a person and a host and producer I look up to a ton, um, really respect his work and um, all the way, all all the shows he's created. And so I felt like a big responsibility to my community as a YouTuber to, um, you know, being, being a woman of color. I'm the first woman of color to host an adventure show. I think I'm the first woman to, I can't remember don't quote me on that. <laughs> someone like someone like double check, like fact checked it, and I can't remember what they said. But, but it's a believable fact, and it's <laughs> sad that it's a believable fact. Like, you know, it like, was funny too because I remember when um, we did. I had a meeting with the costume um, with, with wardrobe, the head of wardrobe, and she was like, "So, what do you want to wear?" Because everyone else who hosts a show like this is a guy, and they wear khaki pants and a blue t shirt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to wear? Um, and so that, all of it was sort of like a, a big, a a lot of first, a new adventure. Um, so I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but I love how it turned out. And thankfully the casting, um, kids were incredible. So smart, so good. Um, scarily intelligent. (laughs) Kids are smart. (laughs) They definitely get me on my toes. And I, I, I just loved working with them and I hope I get the opportunity to do something like that again in the future. And especially now, um, over the past year, just recognizing how even more special that experience was. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And where did you guys shoot? Because it was sort of like a remote, rather remote location, right? We shot, um, in California at this place called Shaver Lake, which is sort of like in between Los Angeles and Yosemite. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was beautiful, like natural forest, super high up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got to like live in a vacation rental in the mountains for a month while we shot and Right. Go to work and have hair and makeup. Like it was, it was Super. the best. <laughs> I, it was, it was a dream job. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Well, that's amazing. I loved it so much. Yeah. And <laughs> like you said, I think, you know, you mentioned how there's sort of this pressure on YouTubers, on content creators to see if they'll be able to, I guess, 
pass or move into a different uh, zone, if you will, and do different yeah. projects and see if you could go beyond, I guess, digital online creation. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's it's really interesting. And I think what you do through Challenge Accepted, for example, is that you prove episode after episode that like you can work on different projects you can handle different well thank you yeah well I mean it all ties back so I think with that said I mean don't stop yourself from pursuing whatever you want to pursue because I think it's easy to say oh I have to stay within this bubble you know I have to stay in this lane but keep creating your own path yeah I mean I definitely that's a good reminder for myself too. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause yeah, it's-, I, I, it's, it's interesting too, because I feel that that sentiment is a very like old Hollywood sentiment that exists for some reason. And it's almost like when a YouTuber does something new, people are waiting for them to fail in a way, um, which is so ridiculous because when an actor decides they want to be a director, I think there are far fewer people who are like, they can't do that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or whatever. But, and, and also I think it diminishes the work that people do as online creators, because I don't think people will ever realize, even if it appears to be, you know, an off the cuff TikTok or something, how much work or care goes into that. And also that it works and it goes viral. Like, there are a few people who have that skill set. I I don't in many ways have that skill set, especially for TikTok. But um, I, I I feel that just because it seems easy doesn't mean that it is, and also that it deserves less respect than something that seems hard. If that makes sense, right? Well, that's actually really true. Um, like such a true statement. I watch a lot of. Uh, the Vogue, like beauty routines. That's been my whole quarantine is like, let's watch the Vogue <laughs> beauty routines, the Harper Bazaar go to bed with me routines. Um, I love that stuff. And there have been, I feel like over the past couple months, there have been a lot of um, YouTubers or TikTokers. And I will literally see, cause you know, I love the comments. I will literally see in the comments, like, why do we have so many TikTokers on here? It's like, we want to see like real, <laughs> real working professionals, all that. And it's like, okay, I get create a space for everyone, but also if you're creating a space for everyone, you should be allowed to, you know, highlight these creators. Um, For sure. Because like you said, what they do, and I just think it's amazing because I'm someone like you said before, like TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I watch TikTok videos if I see them on like Instagram or social or whatever. Um, But I still think like that's so amazing and you have to have a personality for it. Like you can't just be like boring. Yeah. And create a video. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then be innovative too. Like that's the other aspect of it. So I think, yeah. I mean, totally like they should be given a space. Yeah. Yeah. So Unless they throw a pandemic party, then they don't have a space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I, I I still can't believe like we're in what almost a year of this, and like I'm still seeing people like mass gatherings. I don't understand it. I really don't. Or like just like going on vacation. Yeah. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, uh, are we on a different planet? Because 
Yeah. That's not what I thought was allowed right now or like a good thing to do, but. Right. And it's like, we all want to be doing that, but like, oh, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like, believe me, we all want to be like traveling, going everywhere, seeing friends, like actually hugging people and hanging out with people. And it's, oh, I can't, I can't. (laughs) That's a whole nother conversation in itself. But yeah, so what I guess is new and on the horizon for you? What have, I guess, been some recent projects you're working on? What can listeners be uh, waiting to see from you? So uh, we're almost done filming my chess episode. So in that, you'll be able to see me go from knowing pretty much nothing about chess to competing in a chess tournament. Um and it's been such a wild adventure. I in this tournament, I've got I got to play Rain Wilson and Logic. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really really cool tournament for charity. Um, awesome. So that's on the horizon. The rock climbing video is on the horizon, and other than that, just working on other projects and other videos, and resting and recovering and going to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, like now's the time to be creative, be restful, like take the time we yes. all need. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for that chess episode. Like I said, Queen's Gambit like changed my whole mentality on chess. After I watched it, I'm like, I need to, I need to start playing chess. I need to oh, learn this game. It was. It's so popular. Yeah. There's so many things that I learn, um, just so many different sports I see. I'm like, wow, like I had no idea there were like Olympic teams for this. And like, it's just mind boggling, but yeah, absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Catherine. It was so wonderful to meet you. Of course you as well. And you know, before we wrap, I always like to conclude in asking with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson you've learned throughout your career that's really helped you handle your life? Yes, um, that would be everything you want is on the other side of fear. I try to apply that in every way of my life that I can and my personal life, relationships, work, choosing what episodes we're going to do for Challenge Accepted. Um, anytime I, I feel that way about something, I usually know it's going to be good or at least an entertaining piece of content. So that's helped drive me a lot. And I find myself needing to challenge myself in that way pretty much every day. Amazing. I love that. That's something I feel like I need to incorporate into my life because it's easy to get intimidated by something or fearful of something, but you know, it's good to just do it, right? That's Nike. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Well, awesome. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Michelle. Despite the pandemic, Michelle is continuing to create new content on YouTube, and with Challenge Accepted, she's continuing to try out new professions. If you'd like to check out some of Michelle's videos and subscribe to her channel on YouTube, a link is listed in the episode description below. Thank you to Michelle so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. 
You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.